Good morning, and welcome to the broadcast of the First Baptist Church in Riverton, Kansas, where the mission is to serve the community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're so glad you could join us today as our pastor, Aaron Williams, shares a timely message from God's Word. At FBCR, there are several ministry opportunities that you can be a part of. These include the food pantry and commodity distribution, which provides assistance to those who are experiencing a food shortage in both our community and the four-state area. In addition, our worship team, now known as Fire of FBCR, provides music each and every Sunday morning during the worship service. The team is growing and welcomes new talent as God provides. This includes either singing, playing a musical instrument, or being a part of our technical crew. And a third ministry opportunity involves the crisis team, which is available to provide assistance in case of a fire, flood, or any other unforeseen emergency. Please contact the church office for details on these ministry opportunities. Now with today's message, here's Brother Aaron. If you have your Bible with you, would you please turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 12. We'll be reading verse 1 through 4. Four verses of Scripture, and I'd like to share with you, as you're turning there, I want to remind uh, our listeners today, the last two weeks, two weeks ago, we preached on Moses being asked by God to do a ministry, but when he was asked by God to do a ministry, he came up with all kinds of excuses as to why he was not fit for what God was wanting him to do. He said, I'm not eloquent, they won't hear me, my past is bad. He had spent 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the deserts of Midian, and when he was 80 years old, God began to burn in a bush that was not consumed so that he could call Moses out of that desert place of Midian. And many of our lives at times, for different reasons and seasons, needs to be called by God out of that place. We found out it had nothing to do with the Uh, inequality of Moses nor his inability but it had everything to do with the equipping of a God from heaven who seeks out that which is lost and takes weakness and provides his strength within it and that's what he was doing there last week we learned out of first Corinthians chapter 12 that it takes more than one person that it's not okay to just be a uh, spectator but we want you to be a participant in the body of Jesus Christ he's the head you're the body and every piece matters the eye cannot say to the ear nor the foot to the hand I don't need you God needs everybody that's here and there's not one person here who's not been made in the image and the likeness of God himself the Bible said in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 that before you were formed in your mother's belly God knew you and knows what he expects and wants out of your life. So as we're born, and today you begin to see this young man, he's, gonna, he's already come forward and professed Christ, but today he's going to publicly come before you that all of you could witness that he will follow Christ. And not one of us that have committed to Christ and following him can go behind him and then say back to him that he's not prepared to wait for us. That means everyone, young or old, as you begin to follow Jesus, Jesus makes a way for you. He makes a narrow way for you. Chapter 12, verse 1 through 4 in Genesis, as we continue with equipping the body of Christ, let's look at calling out the calling out of Abraham. Verse 1, chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of the country and from the kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless them that bless you and I will curse them that curses you. 
and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord has spoken to him. Lot went with him, and Abram was about 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. So I would like to, especially not only for the congregation here at Riverton, but for those listening by way of podcasts and the radio, say to you, no matter what your age is, if you're 75 years old and above, the majority of the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 were called out at an age of what we call elderly. So if you're here and you're older and you know your body doesn't feel the same as it once did, I can uh, just begin to encourage you today that you may be ripe for the picking when it comes to God's order. You may be ripe for the picking when it comes to wisdom. If you've lived a great marriage, encourage somebody young who's struggling today. If you've lived through some of the seasons of life, grab the hand of one of those you see younger and help them walk this thing out and really do it. But as we look here, as God begins to call upon Abram, there's much that's going on in only four verses of Scripture. And again, I'm challenging the church to find your spot in the body of Christ to begin to pray for the vision that he has for his church in the days ahead. I believe 100% he's going to multiply everything that he does in this church and go to other towns within a two-county range. That within two years' period of time, you will see pods of 20 to 40 people serving within communities that do not have maybe a church influence. They're going to be feeding the hungry, going to the widow, finding those that are broken, and searching out the lost. This is what Christians do. And from the day that Jesus Christ put with in him the DNA of the resurrection of the tomb. He expected all of us to touch somebody else. Believe it or not, your pastor is going to go knock on some doors next Sunday afternoon. So who wants to go with me? Raise your hand. Whoa, there's a few. T- okay. <laughs> I know knock, knocking on doors may not be popular this day and age, but uh, it makes a difference when you pay somebody a visit. I won't tell you exactly where I'm headed, but there's people who have knocked on my door. I thought I'd pay them a visit in return. (laughs) You see, a Southern Baptist preacher believes the Bible. And I like it if you've knocked on my door. I may be coming to a city near you. Amen. (laughs) Why God calls. Let's talk about why God calls. I believe one reason that he calls, it's very, uh, uh, very practical, and that is because he wants to save you. One reason God will put a call upon your life and call out to you is because He is the Father. Does not want you in arm's way. And I don't know where you are when you come into this church this morning, but God knows. I don't know what's happened in your life, whether you're totally happy or completely upset today. But I know one thing, according to the Scriptures, God will never quit on you. He's a good Father. He instructs each of us to be a Father. And he's the best example we've ever had. And if you're in the arm's way, if you're in trouble now, I can assure you that the gospel and the word of God is being sent out to you to let you know he's not quit on you. He will never quit. Though others quit on you, he will never quit on you. And the second thing I think that's also very practical, sometimes he will call us out into an area of faith of our life. There are seasons that we go through, and maybe you're a believer But you know that during this time, this is a specific call of God to stand you up for a specific purpose that by faith, according to the Word of God, you could stand fast. And He wants to call you out under this position. Why? Because He wants you to be the light and salt that He made every Christian to be in the world. That during great testings and great trials, that God Himself could give peace and joy and light to men who are sometimes hidden in the caves of hells of life. In darkness. And it's in these times when we are alone, we find out the most about ourselves. 
It's in the aloneness times where God calls out to you. And you may not know where you are, but I can assure you God knows exactly every point of your life and how to get you out of where you are. And if it is the adversary or the troubles of life that's deceived you, he is the only light in that day that calls out a clarion call using sometimes your next door neighbor, your friends, your pastor, whoever it may be to cry out to you that God is extending to you help in the time of your need. And if nobody's present, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is our ever-present help in the time that we need Him. That means He is, as my former pastor said, He is the hound from heaven with a bloodline, a nose for the bloodline of Christ. He knows when you're in trouble and when to knock. I'm asking you today, today that if He knocks upon the door of your heart, you simply would open to the King of glory and let Him come in. We sang a song about Him being upon our own heart. What causes us to worship is not that we have just played church. What causes us to worship is that He is the King of glory, humbled Himself and was born of a virgin, came into the world as a man and God. That I'm not confused by the mystery of godliness in the world today, of God-likeness. I'm not confused about being Christ in you. He wants to live in you, but He came as a man to communicate with humanity the eternal love God had for them forever and ever. And I'm asking you as a pastor, if you're a part of this congregation, the reason God called me to the pulpit's not because of my personality. It wasn't because of any fancy preaching, not that great of a preacher. He called me to the pulpit to equip and teach you the Word of God. And I pray that as we go forward in the months ahead, as, as God sends you to towns, and some of you will be sent to nations, that you're equipped by the Word of God. And the true leader humbles himself before you at all times. That in your pain and in your trouble, God had let me teach you who He is and where He's sending you. I'm challenging you today. I didn't come just to give you just three points in a poem. You're a part of the body of Jesus Christ. You are what Riverton, Kansas sees. You in, in, in parts and pieces as this, this church begins to multiply in the months ahead will go to towns with the very DNA that's taught to you out of the Scripture to do there what's done here. But we must do the first things first. You say, what does that mean for me? That means no matter what your age is from old to young, that we want you serving in the body. I want to know what God's called you to. Has there been a time in your life when you thought God called you to something and you just said no to it? And you've known ever since then that you, you stopped short of what God wanted. You closed the door and you know that it's cost you. Can I say to you that God will not quit loving you? He will never change His mind about His gift and what He called you to do and that you'll be the happiest person on the earth doing all that He's asked you to do. You would find that way today as He knocks upon your heart. The Holy Spirit Himself will set you in the body of Christ as it pleases the Lord. You please God when you're doing and serving in your capacity. Gone are the days in America as we begin to face trouble in the days ahead of just this stardom type preaching. We need the whole body all at once functioning in its gifting for protection as we go forward. Amen. The only reason we have so much division in Christianity is not because the Bible's untrue. We have division because we live in an era where men and women paid with their own blood the price of freedom. 
But today we see that our leaders who hold their hand on a Bible and ask an oath from heaven have betrayed the Word of God. And because they have betrayed the Word of God, they've set themselves against the God of heaven. And we as Christians must pray for them. We must pray for each other. But listen, the freedom we have enjoyed is not free. And there's coming days, I say this to American on the radio, it's coming, American church, and the church has done the best under pressure. Don't make any mistake. You pressure the saints, God begins to do what He needs to do. And I'll tell you all the fancy theologies concerning the Spirit of God. You may think you've got enough intellect, even the preachers and theologians. You get yourself in darkness and some persecution, you'll find you need the Holy Spirit teaching you the Word of God in the night. Amen. Okay, that was, a, that was free. <laughs> Number three, he calls you out first. He wants to save you. Number two, he wants to call you to action in your life. And number three, he wants to call you to a ministry. No question, his calling. He's calling Abram out. He's saying, get out and go somewhere. He doesn't even know where he's headed. You ever felt like that? You know God wants you to do something, but you're not sure how to do it or where you're going. Many of those in the Bible have done that. Are you able to put the kind of faith in God? See, this is about faith. This is about something that looks supernatural. And the whole point is, you shouldn't be able to know what you're up to when God calls you out because he actually wants to do something himself. So at the end of the day, he's the only one that gets the credit for it. If it was Aaron's idea when it's completed, guess what? Aaron's the only one that gets glory. And that's not the way God designed the church. He's going to call us out to a supernatural something that we prayed about and aligned with the Word of God that when we all believe upon it, we know why we do what we do and then when God executes and begins to be fruitful in that area, God gets all of the glory. This is how He's multiplied the church throughout generations. If you look at the book of Acts and you see it's darkly different than the day in which we live, it's because we've not asked people and really called them out to get in their spot. I mean, what's God saying to you? Where does He want you to go? And don't make it harder than it seems. Make sure that the simple things you see throughout the family, throughout your community, and throughout the church, that you're able to get in there and help where you see a need. Don't become an accuser. If you see an area that doesn't look like it's doing quite what you think it should do, maybe God called you to it. And if you see someone doing something that you're not sure they're doing the right thing, pray for them. I sure tell you one thing, and that is you can't talk about someone you're praying for. When God calls out, what does it, when does he call us out? Like, what can we be in? Do we have to clean up our act? Do we, what do we do for God to call us out? When will God actually call you out? He calls you out many times when we're still unknowing. He called Abram out when he was in ignorance and idolatry. And the Bible said while we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. That means that he doesn't wait on us to do ten good things before he comes and speaks the gospel. The gospel is about God coming to to seek and save that which was lost. And if we're lost in darkness and have a father that knows where we are and calls out to us, then that means he's able to approach us when we're unworthy to be approached. That means that when Christ died on the cross, that he actually would have been willing to die while you were yet in your sin because his love's greater than anything you've done against him. Are you with me? What's holding us back at times as I get in the meetings and I see a new convert come into the church and I talk to them, they have this idea that they've got to clean up their life before they come to Christ. They've got this weird thing that, well, if I quit doing this and this, then I'm going to come to church. That will never work. 
If I do this and this, I'll follow Jesus. That will never work. The only thing that will, will really work with Christ is come just like the old hymn said, just like you are. And then let it be crucified to the cross. And this whole thing we're doing today with baptisms, coming just like you are. And half the time we can get in the way trying to clean someone up. Let's leave them alone, teach them the Word of God, and let the Spirit of God convict so that when this young life gets in the troubles of life, he's not trusting just in the voice of men, but in the voice of God through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit that confirms it, that first set him on a track to follow Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, I go to the Father, but if I don't go, he doesn't come to comfort you. And that is the Holy Spirit. You know the one that us Baptists don't like to talk about. Yet we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I said last week, what are we going to do without him? Nothing. I could show you churches across the country without the invitation of the Holy Spirit in not only the church but their own lives. They're dead. Amen. The tomb, there was death of Christ waiting in the tomb with your sin and my sin on his back. And it was only because the Spirit of God went in and raised him from the dead that you can now believe the Word of God itself and he can quicken your mortal body. So he calls Abram out. Abram, he says, Abram, you have got to get out of here. Have you ever been asked to come out of something when God called you out? Maybe you're in areas and you say, you know what, I'm in an area, I'm living a lifestyle, or I'm living something, I'm doing this, I have friends, and God just saying to you, you have to come out and away. Why does he say come out? I mean, if you can imagine the analogy of getting married, I don't think it'd be a very nice uh, marriage if uh, when I agreed to be married to my wife, I just was going to still try to talk to every other woman, or if I wanted to cheat on my wife, there's not a very good marriage like that. Let's get real about it. He said come out because if we're really going to make God number one, we need to make Him number one no matter what. And no matter what we do in the church, if we don't do something at home that is the replica of what we should be doing in the church, we could find ourselves an absolute counterfeit. So he tells Abram, you need to come out. Can I ask you something if you're born again? What have you come out from among He asked him literally to leave the country he was in. And if we try to clean ourselves up before we come, I assure you we're in trouble. No one ever came to Christ, though, that left without their sin being forgiven and was different than they came. The Bible said any man in Christ is a new creation. You're not a new creation before you come. You're a new creation after you have come. God calls you out with the preaching of the gospel. What's the preaching of the gospel? Death, burial, and resurrection. We have so much in America, so much teaching, so much radio. You've seen preachers, you've seen all of this. But when it comes down to the contact of the gospel upon your own heart, Could you answer honestly today, where are you? Because God wants to know, where are you today? When he called out to Adam in the garden, where are you? It wasn't because he couldn't see where he was. He calls out to him and says, where are you? Because he wants to know where he is spiritually. And for the last, this is the third week, and I'm going to keep going. It's going to require a gifting, not just, this isn't like 
you go to the football field and the running back runs it through, uh, gets the touchdown, and you realize all at once you're about to win the game and everybody in the stadium stands up and goes, yeah, that's not like that. Church isn't like that. We've made church like that. Like, well, if you can preach the great sermon, if you can move me emotionally, that's not how God does this thing when it gets under the pressure. I'm not against great preaching. The truth of the matter is, where are we? What's our position? What's our called out place? I mean, when we stand individually before God, what is it that God, what is He able to say to us that we've done on His behalf that He called us to this specific ministry and everything else becomes secondary? Everything else was something that you come out from. I don't mean that doesn't mean you can't have friends and have a job. What I'm saying is, is there something that's primary, the obvious to everyone you even know? Is it so primary that when they, or have they worked with, I've met people, they said, I worked with them for like 10 years, I didn't even know they was a Christian. Don't worry, the front row, I look at everybody in the front row, just, okay, first two rows, everyone's going to get there. And so how is it maybe you're visiting today and you say, you know what, I don't know what I really need, but I believe that God is knocking on my own heart. He's convicting my life, and I really want to do what God's called me to do. How do I start this? The first process is he resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. And at the end of this message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come to the altar. And if you've never been saved or born again, I want you to come straight here to me. If you're coming for needs, I want you to come to each side and bow yourself to God and let the Holy Spirit go to work in your life. Believe the Word of God. There's nothing that works beyond believing the Word of God. Abraham was great, not only in your Sunday school class, but throughout all the ages because he didn't stagger in unbelief. He heard what God said, moved when he said it, and didn't even know the country or what he was headed into, but he knew that when he got to the plain, he had a lot who was with him. He looked to Lot and said, which part do you want? And Lot chose the thing that looked best to his eyes, but Abraham didn't look to what best with his eyes, but was what best in his own heart. And he said to himself, I don't need the greenest grass. I don't need the biggest house. I don't need the best job. I don't need to look like I'm the big shot in town. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. He knew that God had provided a city somewhere in eternity and was going to lead him and direct him to it, that he didn't need all that the world had to offer. But so many times in Christianity, what's going on in America today, we preach come to Jesus, get a big bank account, and I'm not against however much money you've got in your account. I'll tell you that none of that will make an inch worth of difference when you stand before based on the plumb line of eternity, which is Jesus Christ by the blood, one thing's going to matter, and that is, have we been converted? Do we know the Lord, and have we followed Him in a way that shows He had lordship over our entire life? Is He calling us out? I mean, I could just play with these notes all day long. Is He calling us out to do something in God that makes difference for our family or have we just an American I speak to America not just the church I know what this church is doing you're humbling yourself you're going before the Lord you're changing in your lives you're humbling you're reading the word you're loving your wives some of you are waiting you don't know where God's taking you but it's obvious that what's going on is God himself at work but we can't play Christianity in America. This should be a huge wake-up call. And there are pastors across the country that feel the same way. I can't tell you specifically, but church, we must be a church. We must live on the Word of God. Let the Spirit of God convict us. If He can't convict you, He can't lead you. Everyone wants to hear the voice of God. Oh, but don't make it this flaky, weird thing. Let God be real to you. Can He convict you? then He can also come to you and speak to you encouragement. 
When you know you have totally failed, He can come and say, the grace of Jesus Christ is greater than your sin. Do you really believe that? That everything you've done wrong, every, every bad decision you've made, I don't care if you've made a thousand, that it only takes one decision in Jesus Christ to actually let red blood be applied to a black heart and make you white like snow. That no matter what all you've done wrong, how old or young you may be, that in one decision, by one humble walk down the aisle to Jesus Christ, Amen. The world's not waiting for more Greek and Hebrew. Get over it in the colleges today. They need someone to knock on the door of somebody lost and say, can I share Jesus with you? Listen, this isn't rocket science. We're not even telling our neighbor about Jesus. We're talking bad about him because they mowed the grass. One foot on our side. I hope somebody hears that on the radio that's done that. Really? And then you pull in your car and you're headed to church and you're meaner than a cat. Find the widow in your block that's hungry. You want to do great things for God? Find that widow and go over there and find out what she needs. Do you know what true religion is? Undefiled, the Bible said. Visit the fatherless and the widow. They don't have a dad. They don't have a husband. You want to do something great with God? You want to be great with God? You don't have to be a Billy Graham, be in the pulpit preaching. You want to do something great? God will look at you. Do something for someone who can't help themselves. You got time on your hands. Maybe you're retired this week. Go down to the hospital. Eat lunch until you meet somebody that's totally broken. They don't know where their life's headed, where their loved one's life's headed. And pray with them. You want to help? You find that little boy that rides his bicycle late at night, but the times before, all you did was talk about how his parents wouldn't watch him. And go see if you can buy him a pair of shoes next year. God, help us. This isn't complicated. All we have to do is agree on it and then go start doing it. And when we do that, guess what God does? Everything in heaven, I'm telling you, there's a balcony. There had to be a balcony leaning over the day Jesus Christ got on the cross, stretched Himself out that He that knew no sin was made to be sin, that I could be made the righteousness of God in Him, and it didn't make sense to humanity. He was born of a virgin. That means all of God got in a little bitty body and come out of the womb of a, a woman. Can you imagine what the balcony of heaven was doing that day? And they were, had to be leaning over. I could see Jeremiah high-fiving Isaiah saying, I told you so. I told you so. I knew God would do it. And can you imagine God can get all of Himself coming out of that little girl right down there in the earth that day. And that's just what happened when He came out of the womb of Mary, born of the Virgin. But without the Spirit of God, it would have never happened that day. I'm not saying that because it's a neat little story. I tell you that because it's a supernatural work of a God who sits high and looks low. And no matter where you've been, He wants to call out to you and save you. The part of saving you means you get to respond to Him. He's got arms open wide. He's got a balcony in heaven. And the book of Hebrews said that they without us cannot be made whole. That means that if we don't finish job. They're waiting on us. Have you buried any of your loved ones in recent years? What kind of hopes has it stirred in you? 
You go to the gravesite. Can I say this? I say it for the radio. I called an atheist out in a group over uh, two weeks ago, and I'm still calling him out. There's not enough passion to blow the hat off the devil's head. Get opposite of the street corner. Let's get it out there in the open. Let's live the light and preach the gospel to all men everywhere and then glorify God for eternity. Let's not play church and all this monkey business. I mean, when we move out of here, some weeks I say, would you invite someone to church? I don't do that because I just want pews full. Invite someone to church because that's why they come. They come and God wants to touch them and you're His habitation. When you worship Him, that's not because you either have a preference for the song or not. Get over yourself. This is because God wants to dwell among a people who've made Him Lord and King. I tell my little child, you know why we bow our head when we pray? Because He's King. I don't bow my head because everybody bows. I'm 26 years old in God. I still bow because I remember what it felt like to be alone without hope. The passion I have is not mixed with pride, but it's tears of my own prayer closet. But meekness is not weakness. And this generation in our country must understand the gospel of Jesus Christ is alive and well. And the more pressure that comes, the more God will multiply. Amen. Some of you in a practical way say, you know what, I didn't live right. I don't know what to do. What do I, how do I start? I just want to have you start this morning by coming up and respond to God. It's that simple. Let Him start. I want to work with you. I want to teach you the Word. I want to send you Scriptures. Call me, church. Call me. You're not bothering me. Call me and let's get together and let's talk about what God's telling you. Talk about the areas when you went out and tried to minister and it hurt so much because you got rejected. I want to work with you. That's what the under-shepherd's for. Listen, sheep begat sheep. Shepherds don't make sheep. Sheep make sheep. He's calling you out because he wants to multiply what you are. And I've got just enough faith and just enough hope to believe what God's been doing in you for years and years to ask you to go out. I wouldn't send you out there if I didn't think he couldn't lead you and keep you. You don't need to fancy Greek. You get on your knees that morning. You pray for the one you're going to go knock on the door of. You're going to help. You see that God won't move. When we start praying more and worrying less about the intellect, God will move. Amen. Okay. That's what you do if visitors show up. (laughs) Church, I love you. I really do. I don't just say that I love you. Some of you are hurt. And it hurts like it's my own children. And I pray for you. And nothing would make me happier than when I hear God move for you. And if I could put your weight in my wheelbarrow, I would help you push the load. But there are some things I can't carry for you. We have to let God do it. And I want you to cast your cares upon the Lord if you're in this congregation and you've just been hurting and you're unsure. So some of you may respond and you say, I've just carried this load's become heavy. I didn't know which way to go. And others of you, wow, you're under tremendous pressures. 
but you're staying the test. You really do please the Lord. You're tremendous people. And at times, we'll see some danger come. But hey, there's other giftings. That's why you have a pastor, right? A shepherd. Under-shepherd. See, he's the true shepherd. I'm just the under-shepherd. So that means when you really like what you hear or whatever, you know, you can pat, but, but when you don't like, all you have to do is pray. And he goes, <laughs> he's got this 911 line to me, right? And, you know, the good thing about the pastor. And the young people, they're serving. You see them up here today? I'll tell you what blessed me. I see, the, I see our, our youth lined up. And some of the instruments you see them behind or holding, they don't know how to play yet. And so as I close this message, Jesus said, when the children came, the disciples thought they had something more important going on. But he said, don't keep those children from coming to me. And you're going to see some of the children, they're going to be sitting here. Because they're waiting on an instructor. And it just hit me as they were worshiping. And here's my son here. I believe every one of you can get in your spot. And you may say, Pastor, the thing God called me to, I don't know how to do it. Man, I thought of what the kid showed me today. I said, God, if I could just sit there and wait for you to send me instruction. I thought, boy, oh boy, what they'll be doing in the years ahead. Are you willing to just get in position and let God teach you? Amen. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. If you have a prayer request or any other need, we would love to hear from you. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 400, Riverton, Kansas 66770. Or call us at 620-848-3347. You may find us on Facebook and online at RivertonFBC.com. Our Sunday school classes begin at 945 a.m. with worship services at 1045 a.m. In addition, small group Bible studies meet on Sunday nights in various homes within the community. Please join us on Wednesday nights for a community-wide meal at 6, followed by Bible study for all ages at 7. The church is located at 6895 Southeast Bluebird Lane, just two blocks north of the Riverton Quick Stop or one block south of Community Bank and Trust and one block west. This is downtown Keith Brown inviting you to join us again next Sunday morning at 830 for another exciting message from God's Word. Have a great week and God bless.